Welcome to 28 and Searching. I'm your host, Samantha, and today I have Rachel Walter with me. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for coming on. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you currently residing? How old are you? How long have you been in your field? That sort of thing. Sure. So I live in Cleveland, Ohio, in a suburb. Um, I travel about 70 miles round trip a day to get a couple of counties lower um, for my job, academic advisor at Kent State University. I am 31, and um, I've been in this job for seven years total um, through part-time work as a graduate student and then also as an undergrad student working um, in higher education as well, and I love it. Cool. So if you were to describe your job to somebody who doesn't know at all what you do, um, what, what, what would you tell them? Sure. So most people probably think I just pick classes out for students, <laughs> um, tell them what to take. But I like to think of myself as holistically helping them academically, personally and professionally, because everything that we do together um, kind of makes them a better person and then also makes them better for their job field. So I do more than just pick out classes. I help interpret policies and procedures, and then I advocate for them as well. Because there's a lot of things that you have to kind of understand in higher education in order to get through it. Sure. And so how did you get into advising? Um, I mean, academic advising isn't, you know, it's not a, a, as common, you know what I mean? Like, it's not something right. that people just necessarily say, this is what I want to do for my whole life. So how did you kind of get there? Right. So funny. Um, actually, almost no one thinks like, oh, I could like work at college forever because it's pretty cool. I don't ever <laughs> want to leave college. Yeah, that's why I'm still there. So, um, right. So I went to Ohio University for undergrad and I worked as a student worker. Um, first year, I was doing a little bit more administrative stuff. And then my second year, which was my senior year, I worked there for my last two years. Um, I actually got to help mentor some students that were um, underclassmen and they were on academic probation. Mm -hmm. And I was about a few weeks away from graduation. And one of my, um, one of my supervisors came to me and said, you know, I think that you're really good at this and I think you should go to grad school for it and you could do this as a career. And I never even thought about it until she said that. And of course, then I was too close to graduation to want to go right into it. So I did a little of other stuff in between, but, um, I think that working with the students on academic probation really totally changed my life. I would be in a completely different place mm -hmm. if I hadn't had that specific job. So that really completely changed my life. Okay. And so when you talk about, you said you were a working student, is that it? Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So what, is that something that most universities offer? Or what is that exactly? Does that help like pay for your degree or why would you do that? Right. So in undergrad, I was just a regular student employee and it was through an internship program called um, PACE, P-A-C-E, the Program to Aid in Career Exploration. Mm. And oddly enough, most people, I think, usually get a job that's related to what they want to do. So if they want to go into marketing, they do something with marketing and that sort of thing. Mine just happened to be totally random and then also turned into what I then do for a living, which is <laughs> sort of funny because I never would have expected it. I thought, oh, I'll just work in an office and help them file stuff or whatever. Um, but it, it really was different. And I think that, you know, it's like a work study kind okay. of um, kind of position. So, you know, I, I qualified for financial aid and, you know, that's kind of how I got the position. And I think that you know, most places on campus have student workers everywhere mm -hmm. um, in any sort of university setting. 
whether it's private colleges, public, um, community colleges, everything. So there's always student workers. I just happen to be one of the lucky ones that got to do a lot of stuff with, you know, academic records that I look back and I'm like, wow, they gave me access to these people's entire academic <laughs> record. And I got to see all of their grades and it's crazy looking back on that. But, How did um, they trust me? <laughs> I know who, who let me do that. But, and then we now, you know, then I went to graduate school and I did the same sort of thing as a grad student and that paid for my education. Okay. So that's a little bit different than I was doing it as an undergrad, which I got paid, you know, minimum wage, 10, sure. 10 hours a week or whatever. And is this something like, because this is the first I've heard about this PACE um, program. So is this something right. that's available to all students in your, well, just in your experience of it? So I think that was just something that was at my specific university. Okay. Um, but I think that there are a lot of other types of internship programs at universities across the country. But yeah, I think that was just specific to my college that I was at. Okay. But they can, if people are interested in doing something, you know, maybe not specifically this, but in anything, they should maybe ask their universities about the different programs for this. Definitely. Yeah. Career services offices are usually the ones that house a lot of student jobs. Mm -hmm. And so um, they not only help students and alumni with their resumes and interviewing techniques, but they also can help find jobs on campus. And so that would be something that would be for a career services type of, um, type of role to help find. Okay, super cool. So, um, I mean, obviously you work at a university, you work yes. in a higher level um, education. So I'm assuming you need a degree for this position. Uh, how much education do you need? So it's kind of funny. Um, you really need a, a master's degree in counseling or higher education, student personnel, that type of thing to go into this line of work. Um, there are certain departments and certain like administrative jobs that you can get that don't require a master's degree, but to do any sort of administrative stuff that's higher level than that. Um, yes, you definitely need a degree and to be able to move throughout different um, departments on campuses. So, um, so I have four year undergrad degree and a two year graduate degree. And my grad degree is a master of education in higher education, um, personnel. And so it's very long, but, um, but it's a master's <laughs> of education, but okay. yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so do you have to undergo any continuous learning? Sort of, um, the campus that I work at, we, uh, we offer continuing education types of programs and we're required to do X number of hours per year to maintain that. Okay. So I'm very lucky and fortunate that the office and the department that I work in we have constant ongoing um, development that they offer, and we don't even have to worry about finding it on our own because our office manager just kind of does that for us. And oh, so nice. It's basically handed to us. Um, so actually, on um, this upcoming Monday, tomorrow, we are going to be meeting with one of my old bosses from when I was in grad school. Uh, my job at the university was to recruit veterans who have PTSD okay. to come to Kent State University. And... Um, so we had a specific program for vets with PTSD, and he is the director of the Center for Adult and Veteran Services, and he is coming to do training on adults and veteran students. So it's my one time that I'll actually know more than pretty much everyone else in my office, and I can be the show off. Um, <laughs> but so that's that's one of our continuing education um, kind of focuses for right now. So 
so I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, so if we're looking at, I know you talked about um, the career services job and how you ended up doing um, administrative stuff in your college while you were going to college. But right. let's say somebody is not yet at the college level or maybe they're outside of college already. What would be a good entry-level job or a good starting point where they could get a feel for or, the, or earn skill sets that would work in um, your career field? So, like, are there any way that other jobs might translate? What would be a good job that would translate well? Sure. So, um, so basically, a very good entry-level position that a lot of people start off in is through college admissions departments. Okay. You learn a lot about the university. You learn about different majors and all that they have to offer at that university and getting involved. And that translates very well into becoming an academic advisor because you're already so familiar with the university. Um, so that's one of the main ones that's a filler. If you don't have any sort of um, higher degree, you can get a job as an academic advisor in some colleges, but not all without a master's. Okay. At my university, for example, we have four different levels of academic advisors. We've got advisor one, advisor two, senior advisor one, and senior advisor two. And to be an advisor without a master's degree, you can be a, an advisor level one, and that is all. Okay. So you really do have to have a graduate degree um, in order to move up besides, you know, just the bare entry level for advising. Um, anyone who has done any sort of recruiting for companies or any sort of um, career services types of things, but outside in the real world mm -hmm. for adults mm -hmm. who are maybe displaced in their jobs. Also, that helps translate into college admissions or career services options for a university. So those would be kind of things that could come from outsider or, you know, any sort of business manager could work in a human resources department or um, accounting. You know, you could have any, there, there are real, you know, we need other types of people other than working in the specific academic areas. Sure. Um, so just place, you know, people to run the actual university itself. So yeah, those types of business degrees are really great for the, um, you know, higher level up kind of HR department. Okay. And so you said that you have a master's of education. And so if somebody, let's say they have a master's, but it's not necessarily in the two, you know, the psychology or the education, um, right. would that, does that typically translate? Because a, a lot of times, you know, some jobs will just say, oh, you just need a master's and it doesn't matter what it's in. Um, right. Is this one of those positions or does it have to be in one of those specific fields? Typically, it does have to be with some sort of counseling or specifically higher education background. In grad school, you do a lot of um, student development theory and you learn a lot about how students develop over their college life years. Okay. Um, and that's what a lot of the foundational basis of, of knowledge comes mm -hmm. from, is from those grad programs. Um, not only that, but we learn about all the different function functions of a college, the history of colleges. Um, it's, it's really a lot more than, we, we do a lot of diversity kinds of classes as well. Um, college is a very diverse place and you can learn a lot and see a lot of diversity of thought. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can go off if you're from small town, you know, Iowa, and you go to a big university in New York, it's going to be a total different 
experience for you. Culture we shock. need to understand. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So we, we take the time and kind of understand in grad school, we learn about those different kind of backgrounds and diversities that our students are coming from. And so we take that and translate it then into our careers. Okay. Okay. Um, so, and, and does that, uh, do those requirements, um, change depending on what type of university? So let's say you go to, you know, a private university or a community college or just a state college, do they right. change or are they all pretty much the same requirements for no matter what type of college you're at? I would say that it's pretty much the same. Um, my previous institution definitely was a totally different university that was a small private liberal arts college mm-hmm. and it, it, they would hire in people that didn't have master's degrees and that also weren't from the education kind of background. Okay. Um, they weren't already working in academia. Um, so, you know, I had someone in my office that came in from, um, I don't even know what she came in from, but it definitely yeah. <laughs> was not, it was not a, another university and she became an academic advisor for non-traditional adult students. So it totally, it totally depends, but I would say that is very rare that you would find it. Um, it, It's not as common that you would find that you can just kind of walk in with any degree um, and just become an advisor. Yes, I would say so. Exception, not the rule. Okay. Right. Okay. And so if we're talking about, those are requirements on paper, you know, the ones that you can prove, but Mm -hmm. what what about type of personality requirements? Like what, what type of personality do you need to be, um, to really excel in your position? So we work with college students all day. So you have to have a certain amount of energy to be able to keep up with the kids. Um, (laughs) they, they bring a lot to our individual appointments every day. And so you have to have some energy to keep up with them. And then also a sense of humor because you have to be able to relate it back to what they're going through. Mm -hmm. I'm young enough and I look even younger than I am that I'm still not that far removed from college and I get it. Um, I think that, you know, having a sense of humor and relating to them more as like a big sister kind of mentor mm-hmm. really works well for me. Um, and that's just me personally, but I think a sense of humor is always something that you can use. Sure. Um, and then the other thing is honesty. So I have to do a lot of dream crushing, quote unquote, in my job. <laughs> and I, I, again, I say that with a little bit of a grain of salt, yeah. but realistically, I want to be honest with someone if they're not mathematically going to be able to graduate with my degree that they're enrolled in, I have to be able to tell them, Hey, look, this is steps one, two, and three that you can take to be able to be successful. And if it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. And here we need to come up with an alternative route to get you a degree of some sort might not be exactly what you want for right now might be a degree completion type of program. And then we can talk about how you can get you know, your teacher education license at the graduate level. So it's just different ways to go about the same thing. But you have to have honesty with your students because it's a lot of time and a lot of money that they're going to waste if they don't know the truth sometimes. And I don't want to be held accountable for that. And I think it's fair to them. Yeah, absolutely. And so I know you talked about the fact that sense of humor is something that you think helps you. What would be another trait that you have that makes you really successful um, at what you do? I am super detail oriented. Okay. Um, That is something that's really, really important. We do a lot of work counting hours, counting electives, counting, you know, general core requirements that you have to have. 
there's a lot of details that are put into someone graduating with a degree. And if you miss one little thing, it could put a lot of things off track. Let's say you miss a class and it's only offered every fall or every spring. And the student thinks they're graduating a semester before that, but whoops, you've missed it. They're now an entire semester and how many thousands of dollars, you know, behind. So detail orientation is something that I, I do pride myself on. Yeah. Okay. And so if we're looking at the opposite now, if we're talking about what's the one personality trait that if somebody has, they should just look the other way. This isn't for you. Mm -hmm. Do something else. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, besides if you're not detail oriented again, um, I would say it, it might be challenging if you are completely introverted. Okay. Um, we talk all day and I'm completely extroverted, but even I am mentally and physically drained at the end of my peak advising times. Um, one day last week I saw 14 students in one oh my day goodness. and I had to talk for hours and hours and hours and, you know, listening and, and helping them. But if you're introverted, I have friends that are, that are in the field who are more introverted and it's really challenging for them to get through their day a lot of times. And I'm not saying that you can't do it. It might just be a little bit more challenging, but I, I would say the detail oriented um, factor is definitely, definitely the number one. one. Okay. Yeah, I think so. So what would be um, a part of your personality that struggled where you've either had to change yourself or you've had to change the job to kind of mold to that for you to be able to um, be successful? Hmm. I think for me, one of the challenging parts to my job is that I get very emotionally invested in my students. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that sometimes I try to step away and I try on my weekends to not think about all the things from the work week, but it's hard. You know, our students tell us a lot of personal information. And though I am not a professional licensed counselor or mental health professional in any way, shape or form, you know, if I'm the one that they've got a good relationship with and they're an out of state student from California and they really haven't formed a bond with their professors yet, they might come to me and tell me that there's something going on. And that's something that that's hard because I, I want to cry with them. And I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, and my co my coworkers make fun of me for it, but that's fine. My, my students appreciate it. So the empathy is something that I, I struggle with, but I, I also know that I have a lot of it. But it's hard for me sometimes to kind of pull away and sure. not kind of just get wrapped up in it with them. So what do you what do you do to kind of mitigate that? Oh, I don't know. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> it's different every time, you know. Sure. There's a, I have kind of a frequent flyer email list of people that I, I bug them every couple of weeks. I'm I am what they call there's many different styles of advising and I'm um, an intrusive advisor. And basically I kind of poke them and prod them and email them every couple of weeks and say, Hey, you know, I know last time we chatted, you were having a rough time. How's it going now? Um, you know, I just want you to know that I care about you. So I am very intrusive and I will follow up with students. You know, if they've had a rough meeting with me, I'll follow up with them a few days later or a week later after they've had time to kind of, you know, marinate on everything that we've talked about. I say that word a lot in my appointments. You got to marinate a lot on all the information. Um, (laughs) So that's something that I do to kind of help. Okay, we've we've had our emotions, we've had our tough talks. I've I've crushed a couple of dreams, 
And then, you know, I step back and I wait a week or so to contact them. And then we kind of check in. So that's a good technique. Okay. So you talked about how your, um, there's a series of academic advisor one, two, senior. Um, so what is kind of the ladder or lateral moves you can do from your position? Is it just that, that kind of tiered um, division where there's a one, two senior, or is there like a, a managerial role or a higher academic advising role or how does that yeah, work? Yeah, there's, there's a ton. So within higher education, um, there's, there's a ton of movement that you can do. You can go from advising a student to being a career counselor. You can work in residence life. You can work in student success. You can work with, um, I, I mean, it's endless, endless possibilities. You could work in an honors college as a, as an honors advisor and not tied to a specific academic college or department. Um, but besides that, there are a ton of different managerial positions as well. Um, each college and so I, I work at a large university and we have very decentralized kind of administration. So mm-hmm. every college runs itself very differently than the other. And so, you know, each of them have a dean and associate dean. Um, and then there's different directors. So my college has a director of advising, but then there's other colleges across campus that have a director and two associate directors and an assistant director and then a bunch of advisors under them. And So it's all different um, and you can move between different departments and colleges. And, um, you know, I have a friend who got out of advising for a while in in an academic success center role and then came back to advising because she wanted to be with the students again. So so the higher up you get also typically the less student interaction you get. So I I always want to keep in mind that I don't ever want to get too high because then you won't get to interact with the students and, you know. I want to be with the kids. I want to, they keep me young. So, um, I always like to say that, like, I always, I'm in a role that like kind of makes me feel really old and then kind of keeps me really young at the same time. So I kind of want to be in with the kiddos. So I like, I like where I'm at right now. Okay. So there's a lot of possibilities, basically administration in general, you can just kind of flex between the positions. Right. Um, is it different when you're in different types of colleges? So like you said, you were at a private liberal college. Is that different than a large university? Is that different than a community mm-hmm. college? I mean, are we, uh, are you, is, are those going to be different opportunities and where, yeah. where you go? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, okay. So within my college, there are a bunch of regional campuses. So I'm an advisor too. And then my friend who's an advisor too at a regional campus has to be not only an advisor, but she has to function as admissions and financial aid as well. I don't have to do that. I only have to do the advising stuff. I mean, I have to know when to refer out and stuff, but really just focus on advising. Okay. So it it, it does change. So if somebody's looking into this, they need to really kind of understand what type of college they want to be in because it's going to change. Yes. And when I was at the private uh, liberal arts school, I was admissions. I was an advisor. I graduated the students. I did everything under the sun for them. Yes. And at the same time, I was also the school's VA certifying official. So not only was I doing all that stuff, but I was also doing all of the um, certification so that we got the government money for our students through their GI bill. So 
I was that for the entire college, not just my department, for the entire school. Oh. So that's even more different. Okay. So, and how do people kind of find out how, like, what the job's going to look like if they go to different different types of colleges? Right. Because even, even through, you know, different public large institutions um, like I'm at, it's probably different, you know, across town at a different university. Mm-hmm. So um, if someone is interested in this type of role, informational interviews are great. And that goes for anyone looking in any type of role. If you're ever interested in anything, you can do an informational interview and ask the hard questions of kind of like what you're doing. What do you like about your job? What don't you like? What do you need to get into that role? What's the career ladder look like? So an informational interview, if you find someone that you're like, they have the coolest job ever, I want to know about it. You can write them an email, call them up, whatever you need to do to get into their face and kind of ask them your questions. That's a great way to do it, again, because it is totally different by institution, type of institution, um, college, you know, within the university. It, it's it's just all very different. There's not one answer to to give. Sure. And so is, I, I've never heard about anybody doing an informational interview. So is that, is that common? Is that frowned upon or is that something that's oh, no. pretty? Okay. Yeah, I think it's a great thing. So that's something that our like career services office, for example, would advocate for. And I tell my students all the time. So my students are special education majors, or I also do ASL interpreting. Mm-hmm. Um, I do the advising for them. And so, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do with a special education degree. You can work with a lot of different types of students. And so if they're kind of going back and forth between, I don't know if I want to be an intervention specialist or a special ed teacher and teach more life skills versus, you know, subject matter. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Go to your local high school and find out who the mild moderate intervention specialist is versus like the moderate intensive special ed teacher shadow them each for a day or a half a day and see what their lives are because they are totally different, but they're still within special education and under the same roof in a school. So you can do a lot of stuff like that with whatever you want to do. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that, that is something, and that's pretty, people are pretty open to that. I, I mean, I assume I haven't had any problems with finding people to talk about it, but I I didn't know if that was like something that people did before you applied for jobs. Okay. Definitely. And so um, going on to, um, you know, the nitty gritty of your job, what is, what are some of the drawbacks to your career choice? So I am in it for the love of the game. Um, I am not getting rich for sure. (laughs) I've got a lot of student loans left on my, on my account, um, which actually I can also then relate that to the, to my students and say, Hey, don't be dumb. Like I was, because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually kind of a good, you know, learning opportunity for them to kind of understand what it's like as a 31 year old who still has X number of thousands of dollars of loans, but, um, (laughs) and and not to say you cannot make money, but just in certain types of roles, you know, there, you're just not going to get paid for all of the crazy stuff you do all day, you're just working through lunch, you're working after hours to get through your emails and everything. Yeah. Um, so that's something. And and a lot of our funding comes from levies if you're at a community college, or, you know, it, it depends on enrollment. Um, it depends on, you know, your type of institution. Are you, are you, are you required to work nights and weekends? And that's just built in as part of your job? Or do you get flex time for it? Um, these are all things that could be drawbacks. Like, my previous institution, I was an advisor for the weekend college. So therefore, 
I was expected to work every other weekend when we were in session. Yeah. So I would, I would work all my Monday through Friday. I would sometimes even have to stay late on Friday until seven. So I would work from eight in the morning until 7 PM. And then I would have to be back at work the following day at 7 AM until one 30. So it was a good amount of extra hours that I was working and I wasn't getting paid for it because it was just expected as part of the position. Okay. Um, Generally, I don't know that that's the case, but if you're in college admissions, you're on the road for weeks at a time. And, you know, that's something to consider when you're looking for a position. It'll it'll say in a lot of the job descriptions for higher education, especially in admissions, you know, 40 percent of your time is spent on the road. So that's something to keep in mind. Okay. And so what is the what is the job market in this career field kind of look like? Huge. Um, Because think about it, you can go literally anywhere there's a college. So if you want to go to small town USA, you can find their local community college. If you want to go to a big city, um, you can probably find a lot of universities. I live in Ohio where it's a smaller state, but man, we have got a ton of institutions within our, our state, a ton of different private, small private universities, We've got a good number of state schools, Um, so it just kind of depends on the region of the country. Um, But, you know, generally, wherever there's a college, you can basically find some sort of job. Sure. And so are they – is it a competitive market or is it pretty open? Are they looking for candidates on a pretty regular basis? So, uh, for example, my position, there were about 300 candidates that applied. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think so that is that is not necessarily out of the norm for depending on when, um, you know, our our grad programs typically, you know, will graduate students every semester. But in May or June, you know, depending on when the graduation is or the end of the semester or the quarter, that's when the most people are going to be looking for jobs. And that also tends to be when the most departments are hiring, looking to ramp up for the following school year. So we do typically follow a school year, you know, calendar cyclically so that, you know, there's definitely certain times where we ramp up our, our hirings and then, um, get ready for the next school year. Okay. So you do want to option B and C when you're applying yes, for school. Definitely. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so, um, what are some of the, what are some of the benefits of what you do? I get to work with some cool kids every single day. It is so fun to get to know people. Um, I could talk to a wall if it showed interest, but I really like talking <laughs> to people. I, I prefer people. Yeah. Um, I really find it interesting to, to, to get to know why people want to teach or why they want to be an ASL interpreter. Um, I want to know what makes them successful. I want to, you know, so going back, I guess, to what I did in undergrad when I was working with students on academic probation, Mm -hmm. there was nothing more rewarding than seeing a student who has a 1.8, a 1.5, whatever GPA, and they have a great semester and they get off of probation and man, they just start really reaching up for that higher and higher GPA every single time. And it's so rewarding and you really do feel a little small victory inside of yourself. I think not that, not that I've done the work for them, but maybe I've just given them the The overview of, yeah. Or like just simply saying to them, realistically, if you get straight B's for this one semester, this is how it'll over, it'll affect your overall GPA. And maybe they're like, wow, that's not as hard as I thought. And I can really make a huge change. So I like, I really like those small victories like that. Like, I think that's really neat to see. 
Okay. So what has been the worst day of your career so far? Well, I don't know that I can specifically pick a worst day, but I definitely um, have a lot of kind of yucky things that I've got to deal with. So part of what I was talking about is that I'm not a mental health counselor, Mm -hmm. but a lot of our students do tell us a lot of things. So we are mandated reporters at the university. And so if someone tells us that they're thinking of hurting themselves or they've made a plan to hurt themselves or um, anything like that, we have to report it. If they told us that they were sexually assaulted, we have to report it. Um, Just the other day, I actually got an email right as I was about to leave work for the weekend. And my student is from out of state and emailed me because she's not as bonded to her faculty as she is to me because I've been there as her admissions person, her advisor, her friend, everything. Yeah. Um, and she's one of my frequent flyers as I like to call them. So she comes in all the time and we chat and, you know, she said, Rachel, I need help. I don't know where to turn. I'm in a domestic abuse situation. Please help me. Oh, so that's, and I cried, of course. Uh, yeah. Um, I know because it's, you don't ever want to know all the bad things that are going on in these people's lives. My students are way more of adults than I am. And I'm probably 13 years older than most of them, <laughs> but you know, a lot of them are caretakers for grandparents or parents or even siblings. A lot of my students have special needs siblings, mm-hmm. um, or, stu- you know, siblings with special needs. And, um, and so they have to have to caretake for them. I can't do that. I wouldn't know where to, where to begin. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't pay the bills for someone else and have to, you know, change their diaper and feed them and drive them places. That's what my students do. And it's really, it's incredible. And I, I feel like, you know, I'm not doing anything with my life, but just helping them kind of be (laughs) successful with theirs and then living vicariously through all the awesome things that they're doing. So that was one of the tough days though, the other day, definitely. Um, but, but it is rewarding at times too. Yeah. So what's the best day that's been in your career? All right. There, there we go. The happy stuff. Yeah. The happy stuff. So, right. <laughs> so one of the best days that I can remember recently was, you know, I, I had kind of a yucky start to my summer. I had foot surgery and it took a lot of, of energy out of me and I came back to work and it was exhausting and it was painful and it was difficult. And it was right at the same time that our summer orientation for all of our new incoming freshmen was, was just starting. Mm -hmm. And I was over across campus trying to, um, rev up for my presentation that I was going to give for about 50 people, moms and dads and their kids and everything. And I see this little shadowy figure come out from, you know, above in the back of the room and a hand waving. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. And they're carrying something and they come down and it becomes more clear. And it was one of my students that had just graduated. And he drove from about an hour away just oh. to bring me a card and a bouquet of flowers because I helped him come back to school, get off of academic probation and graduate with great grades. And he just wanted to come and take a picture with me. And it was I mean, of course, of I cried again you know, because I, I can't help it. Um So that was probably one of the more recent great days. But, you know, I have students all the time. I have a little goodie bucket that I give to them, kind of like when you're five years old and you go to the dentist and you get to pick like stickers or bubbles or something. And so I have a goodie bucket that I do for my students and I like to keep it real light. And, you know, I give them friendship bracelets or something or candy. And (laughs) I just had a girl the other day and she, of course, my students are so thoughtful and sweet. She said, oh, I'm going to take this friendship bracelet for my my kid that I babysit for. 
And I said, that's so generous of you to do that. You know, you're thinking of him and, and I'm giving this to you. And she goes, right. You're the generous one giving it to me. I'm not the generous one giving it to him. You're the kind person. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I can't handle this. So, <laughs> you know, that's also something great. Like, you know, they're doing good stuff, but they see it as I'm doing these things for them. So I think they appreciate the work. It's a cycle. Definitely. And so how, what, what was the moment that you knew that this was going to be for you? I really, it took someone else telling me when my boss said it, I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I could do this. Um, I, you know, every, we were on quarters then when I was in undergrad. And so I had three quarters throughout the year that I saw three different groups of about 10 students. And I had a couple of people that didn't necessarily get off of probation, but so they had to come back and see me the next quarter. And we just really hung out as buds. And I was really just a friend to them more than, you know, an academic advisor type of role. Yeah. And um, it was really neat to see the growth, even just from one quarter to the other. And that really, that solidified it as well as her saying, hey, you should like do this because you're pretty good at it. So her saying that to you, it kind of made you start thinking about it. So when you see these things, you're like, yeah, actually, right. right? So you need that, like, right. sometimes it's good to get that, uh, confirmation where you're, yes. I'm not sure if this is as cool as I think it is. <laughs> like, Yeah. And, and the great thing is that I had the pleasure of working with one of my undergrad students. She was one of our registration assistants for orientation this summer. And so she was helping. She's, I think she's a senior. She's helping our incoming freshmen and she's, almost, you know, close to graduation, um, within this next year. And so she's really liking working with these new freshmen and she's really good at it. And I'm watching her kind of grow throughout the summer. And at the end of summer, I said, you know, you could like do what I do. And I think you'd be pretty good at it. And she said, okay, I'm really glad that you said that because I was kind of thinking that maybe after I get my education and I get my license to teach, you know, maybe I'll teach for a couple of years and then maybe I'll come back and do what you do and go to grad school. And then I can work with students like you. And that was so cool because I felt like my old supervisor showing someone like, Hey, you're good at this. All I'm doing is holding up a mirror and saying, you should like take a, take two seconds and think if, if this is something that you could be interested in doing too. And she was so excited. So it's kind of cool to kind of pass that baton on. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly, for all of the, um, career lovers that are listening to this as well, that's probably pretty good advice. If you love what you do and then you see somebody else that's, you know, got potential or looks like they're enjoying themselves, maybe just say something. Cause a lot of people are unsure and insecure and, mm -hmm. you know, they're not, it takes encouragement for people to really figure it out. Definitely. I always like to tell people when I think they're doing a good job. I'm, I'm also someone who likes to give constructive criticism and tell people when they're not doing something they're the, when they're, when they should tweak something maybe a little bit, cause maybe there's an easier way and they're, you know, expending so much energy. And I'm like, Oh, if you just do this and then they're like, Oh, that's so much easier. But absolutely always telling people when they're doing a great job, makes such a world of difference. And at that you know, at my, at my low point the other day, um, after that whole domestic abuse situation with my student, you know, my, my boss and I were texting each other afterwards, of course. And sure. she, I said, you know, I really couldn't have done this without you because you're the one that kind of coached me through it. I really appreciate that. And she said, you did a great job working through this really tough day and tough situation. And you should be really proud of yourself. 
So, you know, I'm beating my, beating myself up over, oh, I just want to be able to help her and like be there and, and, you know, walk her through this tough time. And then I'm like, okay, but I, I was able to coach and I was able to do it. And it felt really good, even though I was so emotional and bummed about the situation. But I was like, yeah, you know, that kind of helps that I, I feel stronger for maybe the next challenge that would come through too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's probably one of the things that people don't really think about too often about telling somebody that they're doing a good job, like how much of an impact that makes. Right. Um, right. When my first episode got posted um, for uh, this podcast, I had somebody that I didn't really talk to just give me a quick email and was like, hey, this is great. And it was, wow. it, yeah, it was like one of the, but it was one of those things where it's like, it's affirmation, you know, and so, yeah. a lot of people I think are like, oh, that's stupid. I shouldn't really send that. I'm not saying anything, no. you know, I'm not helping. And it's like, you should really tell people if you think that they're doing something that's good or that you notice that they're, you know, that they love. Cause a lot of people have um, lack of self-awareness. Right. Right. I would agree with that. You know, if you're feeling like, okay, I, I had to roll out of bed and I drag myself to work today and I'm just going to throw on this old sweater. And someone says to you, hey, I really like that shirt. That looks great on you. You should wear that more often. It boosts you. So why shouldn't oh, yeah. you tell someone when they, when, you know, for a job, it's, it's the same kind of idea. I, I agree. Absolutely. And so currently, um, you got any expansion plans or anything exciting on the horizons going for you? I wish that I could say that I had something exciting, but I don't. <laughs> you know, I it takes a long time to really master what – so we have um, specified advising. So I only have those two majors that I advise for, and it has taken years to be able to say that I am an expert on those. I know all the curriculum. I know all the classes. Of course, then we went through a major curriculum change at the end of last year <laughs> and all that's out the window and I don't know anything anymore. But, but, you know, it really does take a lot of time to kind of like hone your craft for lack of a better term, because you've really got to know this stuff. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I do only work with my same students and my same faculty and my same couple of programs. But, you know, if I was across campus in a different college, I would advise for literally every single major in that college and it would be way different and I wouldn't have the same experience. So I'm really comfortable in where I'm at now. Um, sure. Would I love to be a senior advisor? One, of course I would for more responsibility, more money yeah. for having, you know, again, like recognition that like, you know what you're doing, you're pretty damn good at it and you deserve to be told that, you know, you, you deserve to get that boost, but you know, when it's right for me, I'll, I'll take that, hopefully, if my boss is listening. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with where I am now, definitely. Good. So we've kind of gone through um, what it means to work in academic advising for a university. So I just have a couple more questions for you. Sure. What did you want to be when you were a kid? This is such a funny question. It's so <laughs> random. I really wanted to be a backup singer for like Gloria Estefan. That's and the amazing. Miami I don't even think she had backup singers, but man, I loved Gloria Estefan and thought like, I, I could do that. I could be back. I just really, I'm all into like harmonizing and being a big dork. And like, I had a karaoke <laughs> machine in my house and I would sing real loud into it and like record myself. And I really wanted to be a backup singer or a maid, which is really weird. 
Um, I'm not even good at cleaning. Like, I don't enjoy it. I don't know where that came. I don't know. I think I saw the movie Curly Sue and there was like a maid that used to like take the day off and like play cards and like smoke a cigar. And I was like, I want to wear that cute little uniform and then like just mess up someone else's house even though they're paying me to clean it. I don't know. It That's was amazing. Weird. Yeah. That's strange. You, as a strange you, child. I was going to say, you as a child, I, I, <laughs> I don't even know. That would be amazing because who, yes. who thinks of that? <laughs> I don't know. Very weird. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you got to think though, the maid was, um, you know, she gave service to people and that's kind of what right. you're doing, right? Right. So, totally. It, I've totally gotten that out of There's that. Uh-huh. connections. <laughs> I mean, there's there's things yeah. there right okay totally so, not a re- not a reach at all not- <laughs> um yeah. what mm-hmm. is the best piece of advice you've received about business or your career um I had a friend well let's see I had a friend that told me once loose lips lead to sinking ships um <laughs> which I don't really understand what that means technically but like I just I don't try to think about it what it literally means yeah. but basically <laughs> watch what you say. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of what I do is I have to, I have to be me, but I have to be me kind of, you know, a little bit downplayed. I can't really be my crazy self with my students. Yeah. So, you know, I have to like censor certain things and, um, you know, that's the kind of thing that, you know, might get someone in trouble. But, um, the other thing is that my mom always said, do something you love because payday only comes once or twice a month. Yeah. And again, like I said, I'm not getting rich doing this job. I still have to do other stuff like babysit sometimes, you know, for extra money or whatever. But you have to do what you love because otherwise going to work every day is going to be miserable. My my dad just retired and he worked for over 40 years at a job that he really didn't like. He liked his customers, but he hated the job. He hated the work. You know, he got through it and he got his pension and he made it to the end. But he's like, I'm really glad that you like what you do because I don't want you to be like me. So that's so important. You have to love what you do because you're doing it for more than half, most of your day. You're doing it for three quarters of your day. Yeah. Most of your life. Right. I mean, if you think about like how much time spent, I absolutely agree. Um, So what is, what's a piece of advice you would give to somebody who's feeling discouraged in looking for a career that they love or being in the right career path? You know, going back to that informational interview, I think that's so important. So if you're not satisfied with something or if there's someone that you're like, man, they have a really sweet job. How do I get to do something like that? You know, everyone has an email address that you can find. You can stalk them on the Internet and find it. Yeah, that is a great way to kind of figure out. You can even read their bios. Um, A lot of companies will have bios about their employees. And so you can maybe go and see where they went to school, what they studied, Um, oftentimes it'll even tell you former companies they used to work for, but basically if you do your homework and you just kind of talk to people, you can, you can schmooze. It's really kind of like, I think that most people are pretty self-centered that they'll tell you about themselves if you ask them. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) so if you, if you find someone that's got something that they're doing that you find exciting, just ask them, how did they get into it? Um, oftentimes it's so, it's such a roundabout way that you don't get direct training for it, or it was accidental, or 
It's some way that you would never know how you have to find that degree. Yeah. You would never know unless you ask. So I'd say that's, that's the biggest thing to do is just to ask. Yeah. And to add on to that uh, through personal experience, um, anyone who doesn't know for this podcast, most of the people I have never met, (laughs) Right. We, we, we talk on the, we talk for the first time for the interview typically. Um, and I send out cold emails, you know, like a cold Mm -hmm. call to hundreds of people. (laughs) Right. And people are typically pretty good about it. Like people, you know, they want to help. They genuinely want to help. Um, Some people don't respond. And, you know, even things like I uh, emailed Jeff Bezos, found his information online and got a really nice rejection letter. So there you go. But at least, you know, (laughs) exactly. So most of the time people aren't going to run your name through the mud just because you ask. Right, right. So perfect. All right. Well, thank you, Rachel, for coming on my show. Not a problem. It was fun. Thanks talking to me. If you like this episode or you're looking to change your career, go to 28andsearching.com or become a patron to get exclusive content sent directly to you. See you next week.